some great news about what God is doing through Whispering Hope as we talk this week about the sanctity of life, the value and the holiness that God has placed on life. And in the midst of that, Bob talked earlier about our trip to Thailand, one of the most uh, widely visited places by people all over the world, mainly because of their red light district. This week, I read in the paper where a student that went to school with my oldest two daughters had a plot to uh, commit a terrorist act in Washington later in the week. There was an Olympic gym, uh, figure skater yesterday who took his own life after being banned from figure skating. It doesn't take long to read the paper or to look around and realize that we as a people of God created in his image have lost the value of the life that God gave us in Genesis. And so today I want to look at the book of Genesis, if you have your Bible with you, and talk about the very first book of this incredible book that God gave us to talk about his son and his creation and what he values and what our purpose is in life. And I don't know if you've ever read a book before or gotten a letter in the mail, and, and it doesn't take long in just that first chapter or those first couple sentences to kind of see the direction of the whole book. I have high school students right now, and they're waiting to hear from colleges, and those letters come in the mail, and it's all exciting, and, and you can tell right away, first one or two sentences, if it starts out, thank you, not a good sign. If it starts out, congratulations, the rest of the letter is going to be a good read. I had the fortunate gift of receiving two of those letters from NC State. I ap applied to my dream school, and the first one came back and said, thank you for applying. We probably would suggest that you take your SAT one time more. And then I got a second letter later my senior year that said, congratulations with much reservation and prayer and consideration. We're going to allow you to be a student at NC State. And so likewise, as we read the book of Genesis, we see right away the direction of the entire book that the God has given us when it said that in the beginning, God created and it gives this incredible scene of the Spirit of God hovering over chaos. And by chaos, I just mean there was no organization, there was no structure to what was existent. And so God's Spirit was over that. And God began to give structure and piece together what we know now as our world as we look around. And it's incredible affirmation of who God is and His power. If you can imagine at this time, there were gods over the sun and God's over the moon and God's over the water and the book of Genesis starts out it says that God is over all of those things that he is the only true God and begins to piece together what God did in those seven days of creation the first being this God saw the light and it was what it was good you ever you ever done something and you kind of step back and you went that was good I do that a lot I'm very proud of what I do and, and my family is not and just the other day, I, I got a bunch of rocks, and I dug it out, and I made this little walkway, and I was like, everybody outside, everybody outside. And so my four daughters are like, oh, my gosh. What? And Catherine, we come out, and we get out there, and I'm like, rocks. And they're like. But when I looked at it, I was like, that's pretty good. And so God created the light, and this is not the sun or the moon. This is light in general, and and he created and he stepped back from this incredible thing that he created and said it was good. If you're familiar with Einstein's theory of special relativity, you know that light travels at 186,000 miles per second. 
If you were to travel the speed of light, you could go around the earth seven and a half times in one second. Light is so fast that early scientists didn't even believe it traveled fast. They thought it was instantaneous. And it was only through more research and knowledge that we gained as people and as scientists as we realized that it actually had a speed. So God created this amazing thing and stepped back and said it was good. The Bible says this, that God called the dry land land and he gathered the waters and he called them seeds and God looked back at his creation and he said it is good. According to Korah, there are 57.2 million square miles of land on this earth, 140 million square miles of surface ocean. The Atlantic Ocean alone contains about 310.4 million cubic kilometers of water, and each cubic kilometer contains 400, uh, I'm sorry, 264.1 billion gallons. This is the second largest ocean. And so God created, and it was amazing. According to geology.com, the deepest known part of the ocean is 36,070 feet deep. If you were to take the tallest mountain in the world, Mount Everest, and drop it in the deepest part of the ocean, seven and a half miles deep, there would still be a mile of ocean above Mount Everest. Amazing what God did in his day of creation. And he stepped back and he said that it was good. Then the Bible goes on to say the land produced vegetation and plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit and seed according to its kind. And God saw what he created and he stepped back and said, it is good. There are 391,000 species of vascular plants. About 2,000 new plant species are discovered every year. 2,000 new plants every year. And we haven't even discovered yet. According to the BBC, there are about 60,065 species of trees in the world that we're aware. And so in a day, God created all the plants and all the trees that we see as an affirmation and a joy and a pointing to himself so that we would have no doubt after all of creation of who God is and what he's done and our role in life to bring glory to him and all of these spectacular things that he made for his glory and for our pleasure, he stepped back and saw that it was good. And then God set them, meaning the sun and the moon and the vault of the sky, and he gave life to the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw the sun and the moon and the skies that he created and said, it is good. Brian said, what do you want in all these blanks? I said, we're going to figure this out. This is going to be an easy one today. The sun is 93 million miles away from the earth. It's 27 million degrees at its core and 10 million degrees on its surface. The earth's tides largely caused by the gravitational pull of the moon as it orbits the earth at 2,288 miles an hour. During this time, it travels a distance of 1.4 million miles. We think that there are about 10 billion galaxies that, that we can see, observable galaxies, and there are about 1 billion stars in every galaxy. And so what that means is that there are about 1 billion trillion observable stars in the universe that God created in one day. And as spectacular as that is, and I, I don't know why it took me 48 years to realize how spectacular the earth is. I think because now that I'm getting older, I do old people stuff. Like at 10 o'clock, I'm ready to go to bed. Like 
game, like when a football game comes on at 9, I'm watching the first quarter. And I'm getting up at 7 o'clock every morning, and I'm drinking four cups of coffee, and I'm watching Blue Planet. I'm showing my age. I'm watching Blue Planet, and I'm going, how for 48 years did all this spectacular stuff slip by me? Then I just looked around at God's creation and took for granted all the spectacular things that he made in those six days and not realizing that the evidence of God is so overwhelming that there's no room for us to be agnostic, meaning that there's not enough evidence. People literally say, I would believe in God, there's just not enough evidence. And yet these five days of creation, we see that all God did. God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing which the water teems and moves about in it according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God stepped back and said it was According to the Global Ethics Network, there are about 2 million different kinds of marine life. And so far, the census of marine life comprised 15,304 species of fish and 200,000 species of marine animals and plants. There are about 10,000 species of birds alone. And the number fluctuates all the time because so many more are being discovered and some become extinct. As a matter of fact, I read just this morning as I was researching that there are animals that they are discovering that look just like other animals and have different DNA. And it's only when they're tested that they realize that these two identical looking animals are in fact completely different because of their DNA makeup. So God created all this in a day. As spectacular as it is, he stepped back and said that it was good. God made the wild animals according to their kind and livestock according to their kind and all the creatures that moved along the ground according to their kind and God said that it was good. According to Wonderopolis, scientists estimate that there are approximately 8.7 million species on earth and it's believed that about 1 to 2 million of these species are animals and that there are millions more undiscovered. Scientists themselves are saying there are millions more undiscovered species above the sea and below the sea that we ain't even found yet and you hear people say well according to science the bible can't be real but the more you study science you realize how spectacular god is and how uh, uh, crazy it is to think all this happened by chance and and then scientists would have to admit there are millions of things that we don't even know God looked at all that and said it was good. And so when you see the first five days of creation, you're like, God knocked this out of the park. I mean, he is on a roll. Things are going awesome. And God hasn't even gotten to the pinnacle of creation yet. The Bible says that God hadn't even gotten to the good stuff yet. That all that was good, but he was about to blow our minds about what he created on day six. And listen to this. And God said, let's make mankind in our image and in our likeness so he made so that he may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and all the animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them and God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. And rule over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. And God said, I'll give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit in it, and they will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and the creatures that move along the ground and everything that has breath and life, 
I give you every seed-bearing plant for food, and it was so. And God saw that he would, what he had made, and he said it was what? It was very good. Things only became very good when God brought one special creation into all that he had created, and that special creation is you and me. And so in a world where the number two killer of teenagers are teenagers taking their own lives, we have to step back and say we need to realize the value of what God has given us and the value of who God made us to be. It's not very long before you go to work and you feel insufficient. And as a father, you feel insufficient and, and there, you, you don't look like you used to and things don't work like they used to and you don't make the money that you thought you would make or you're not as fast as the next kid or you're not as smart as the next kid or you don't get accepted into college. And we look back and we get down on ourselves and we just, we just don't see the value of what God created. We don't realize that the first five days of creation had two purposes, to bring glory to God in what he had created and to show the value of his crowning act of creation in Christ when he said, this is all for you. And he says three times to rule over and subdue. doesn't mean that we abuse our planet or that we waste or that we, you know, abuse animal. I'm not trying to say that we rule over it in that way. I'm saying it was made for our pleasure that we might enjoy the earth that God created, that he might be brought joy by what he gave in the first five days for the crowning act of his creation on day six, which is the person that you see every day when you look in the mirror. God created you exactly like you are, perfectly to be who you are. I love Bob, and I'm glad there's only one of him. The world only needs one, Bob. The world only needs one, Scott. The world only needs one famous person that you see on television. God needs you to be a part of his creation and to realize the value it have in Christ. And I feel like if we realize when we talk about the sanctity of life, that it is not just about controversial issues, but it's the fact that God created us as the crowning act of his creation for a purpose. And it's not the purpose that the world tells us about money or how we look on the outside or what we can accomplish. It's that God created us valuable like we are to be followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus. Sometimes we complicate the gospel. Bob and I were talking about last week's sermon and how sometimes we as pastors, we want to make the gospel sexy. We want to have a, you know, a, a, a sermon where everybody goes home and go, oh, remember that day when Bob talked about this and he gave this illustration and it just changed my whole life and I was different from there on. And we, sometimes we as pastors fall victim to making so much of our role in God's word when we forget that God simply made us as a crowning act of his creation to be followers of Jesus who make followers of Jesus so that he could be glorified. It's a simple message because the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to give for it. Not by what your neighbor says or your critics say, but by what your creator says. In the spring of 2000, Justin Timberlake was invited to Z100 Morning Show, and he had French toast, which he did not finish. Let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. That's not it. So he went on the show, and later the television show got his French toast and sold it on eBay for $1,025 to a 19-year-old student called Kathy Summers. Was his half-eaten French toast worth $1,000? Yes, because it was worth it to her. 
because that was the price she was willing to give for Justin Timberlake's French toast. In the spring of 2013, a Chinese buyer bought a $400,000 racing pigeon. We don't have a lot of pigeon racing going on around here, but apparently in other countries, it's a pretty big deal. And this guy bought a pigeon for $400,000. Is a pigeon worth $400,000? It is to him because that's what he was willing to pay for it. There's an original copy of an action comic from 1938. It has a Superman on it. It's in great condition. In 1992, it sold for $86,000. You say, well, what's a comic book worth? Is it worth a dollar? Is it worth $5? Nicholas Cage, who was kind of famous for the way he spent money, who also has a pygmy head and a pyramid to be buried in, later paid $150,000 for that original comic. And you step back and say, that's crazy talk. In 2011, that same comic sold for $2,161,000. Is a comic book worth $2,161,000? It is to him. And here's the deal. Our life is valuable because the creator of the universe the creator of all you see, when you look into space, when you look under the mountains, when you see things crawl along the ground, when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, the creator of all of that thought your life was valuable enough to give his only son, to give what was most valuable to him. And I would imagine most of y'all have children or grandchildren. There, there's nothing we wouldn't give for them. House or car or account, there's nothing we wouldn't sacrifice. And the creator of the universe said, what is most valuable, valuable to me and my son, I will give so that you'll know your value to me. And folks, I, I believe that more than any other sermon that we could preach, if we just realize that our value and purpose in the eyes of creator God, it would change the way we live. And we would want to share with others what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It would change the way that we spend our money. It would change with the way that we see ourselves when we look in the mirror because we would see the incredible value that God has on each of our lives. And so here's our response. Psalm 104, 33, I will sing of the Lord to the Lord all of my life, and I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Francis Assisi said this, Let us leave sadness to the devil and his angels. As for us, can we be, what can we be but rejoicing and glad? Here's the so what. You are the crowning act of God's creation. When you see all the spectacular things around you that God created, when you sit home and watch Blue Planet like me until you fall asleep in your chair at 930, you'll realize that above all things that God created, he was pointing to himself through his creation and showing you all this is for you to enjoy, to bring glory to you, to show you my value that you have in my eyes and so that you could go into the world and make a difference. And that's what God has called us to do. Be disciples that make disciples when we realize the value that we have in Christ. Outside is the next step station, and we would love to challenge everyone in this room, including myself, including our pastor, to take a next step in their relationship with Christ. Maybe it's becoming a Christian. Maybe you're like, man, I didn't even know God loved me that much. I didn't even know I was the crowning act of God's creation. That is the kind of God I want to serve. To realize that our sin makes it impossible for us to serve him in a way that brings him honor, that we have to submit 
realize that Christ died so that we could have a relationship with the Father who loves us. So maybe you realize for the first time this morning, hey, I've been coming to church, but man, we need to partner to take this message to everybody. Maybe our world would be different if we realized how much God loves everybody, black people, white people, handicapped people. If we realize the value that God has given to every single human being on this earth, would it change the way that we give? Would it change the way that we live and where we go and what we do? And man, we would love to partner with you as a church to do that. Not only in Forsyth County, not only in Georgia, not only in the United States, but literally to the ends of the earth. And so I would encourage you, I, I hope that the next step station is bombarded as we go out and say, I want to be a part of what God's doing in my next step in life.